This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we join you from beautiful Goodyear, Arizona and Tribe Spring Training. We were hoping, if you're tuned to this on the Indians Radio Network, to have baseball on the radio this afternoon. But a shocker. We, we never see rain here in Arizona in the 11 years that the Indians have been here. But today's opener with the Reds has been postponed due to heavy rains all night long and then on into the morning hours and uh, the field we are here at the ballpark right now and uh, the field has uh, some standing water uh, along the warning track areas and a little bit in the outfield but uh, a lot of work to be done and more rain in the forecast for today so no game today but the Indians will start their exhibition slate on Sunday in surprise against the Kansas City Royals and we'll have it for you on the Indians radio network at uh, 2.59 with a 3.05 first pitch. So we hope you can join us then. Coming up on our show today, a little bit later on, we will hear from Adam Pletko, Tribe starting pitcher, along with Mike Clevenger, who is on the comeback trail from knee surgery a little more than a week ago now. And we will also visit one-on-one with Tribe manager Terry Francona and get his thoughts on the season to come and spring training so far. But uh, a quick clip of Tito yesterday talking about Mike Clevenger and his recovery and also Carlos Carrasco who was injured uh, earlier this week a hip injury that has turned out to be much less serious than maybe it originally appeared so that's some good news but let's let Tito fill you in on his uh, press conference yesterday talking about Carrasco Clevenger and others how did Carrasco come in today much improved much improved I think we felt like we got about the best news you could get with the results. Um, he's, he's moving around. He was even going to get on the bike, and he'll graduate to, like, weighted balls and stuff very soon. He's doing good. How much of a setback is it? Well, I would think, I mean, after – after seeing him leave on me like a crutch, I think we, like I said, that's the, I think we got the best news that we could have hoped for. Um, how much time he misses is basically up to how quickly that heals. We, we don't know that. 
or how much he can also do while he's down. His clip, can he do stuff with his arm? Has he started that? Um, I don't know if they've let him start yet doing that <coughs> stuff. He's, he's really moving around better. Um, I think they wanted to give him, they said between three to five days to kind of kind of let things settle a little bit. There's this, I mean, we want to be aggressive, but you also, you know, you guy had surgery and you want to make sure that he's okay. Beaver's thrown twice now. What have, have you got any impressions? Or yeah, he's in terrific shape and he's, we tried to scale him back a little bit. He can't do that. So Carl just told him finally, he said, just, just throw the ball like you throw the ball. You know, it's, and he was, I think he was kind of happy to hear that. I mean, he's in great shape and takes care of himself. He's fun to, fun to watch. Just kind of stay out of his way. What do you remember for, what have you thought of, what have you seen of Henkes? I know he was in camp last year. I mean. You know, you look at him and it's easy to dr dream a little bit, you know, like, I mean, he's such, he's got the, probably the ultimate pitcher's body. You know, he's left-handed. You know, he, he had, he had a tough, tough time at times last year. And it was kind of interesting in the one-on-ones. Like, he talked about it, like, owning up to, he said, he goes, at times I felt like I ran some tough luck. He goes, there were some times where maybe I could have handled it better. Thought it was a really mature way of looking at it. Um, and I kind of told him, I said, 10 years from now, they, Nobody may, may care what you did in double A. I mean, there's just so much to like about this kid. He just, he just needs more reps. And the more he gets, he's got a chance to really be good. He's, he's kind of got, you know, sometimes his breaking ball still kind of between his cutter and his slider kind of get mixed up a little bit, to, but I mean, that's why they have the minor leagues, you know, that when he figures that stuff out, he's going to he's going to go quick. That's Tribe Manager Terry Francona yesterday talking to the Cleveland and National Media. And when we come back, we'll go one on one with the Tribe Manager in his 20th season as a major league manager, his eighth now with the Cleveland Indians and most in his career have been winning seasons all of his seasons with the indians the first seven he's posted a winning record and uh, led his team to the postseason four different times and he feels optimistic as he does every year that it will happen again this season we'll visit with tito next as we continue on the cleveland clinic indians radio network Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Goodyear, Arizona, and Tribe Spring Training. And uh, with some injury issues this week, obviously a challenging week for the Tribe with Mike Clevenger and Carlos Carrasco sustaining injuries. And Terry Francona, the Tribe manager, well, he doesn't let that get him down. Certainly not. It's a challenge, but something that has been a characteristic of Cleveland teams since Tito showed up back in 2013 has been the ability to overcome challenges. So uh, the hope is that the injuries to Clevenger and Carrasco, just a minor bump in the road for the starting rotation. Well, I mentioned Tito has been here since the 2013 season with the Indians. This will be season number 20 overall for Terry Francona as a major league manager. And what a career it has been. He has the two World Series championships with Boston and his time in Cleveland has been absolutely terrific 
as uh, he has led the Indians to consecutive winning seasons in each of his years at the helm of the tribe. And when you look at uh, overall winning seasons in Major League Baseball history, the most consecutive, Terry Francona now with 15 straight winning seasons as a Major League manager, and that is tops among active Major League managers now. Uh, the most consecutive winning seasons for a big league manager, Joe McCarthy, managing the Yankees back in uh, the 1920s, 30s, 40s, and on into 1950. So some good stuff there for Terry Francona. We had a chance to catch up with him earlier this week and talk about spring training, getting things going again here in Cleveland, his eighth year now with the Cleveland Indians. And he says, it doesn't matter what year it is, what happened in the offseason, you like your team at this time of year. And he says for the Indians, there's a lot of things to like for the tribe. Well, I mean, this time of year, everybody's excited. Everybody's glass is half full, and, and it should be. Um, you know, I think with us, you know, you start with our pitching because if you don't pitch, it, it, the game can get a little challenging. Um, and, you know, I watch our guys throw, and it's not just the five guys that will be in the rotation, but it's it's the guys behind them that are end up in AAA, and there's some guys in the bullpen that – We'll either make it or won't, but I mean, we, we, we seem to have some depth there, which as we've seen is really important. You mentioned that, and obviously the talent has to be there. At what point in time during your tenure here did you start to realize, man, the, the Indians are really good at developing pitching? Well, I remember our first winter and the first winter meetings, Chris and I were sitting in the room by ourselves, and we were like, oh boy, you know, this, you know, we didn't know quite where to go. And, you know, we were like, man, we got we to find some pitching. And then you look up, you know, a year later, and Kluber has gone from being a kid that was in AAA to winning a Cy Young. And, you know, I think Mickey Calloway, Derek Falvey originally, those guys had a huge hand in what we were doing. Then I think the torch got passed a little bit to Eric Bender, uh, you know, Ruben Diable, that group. It's like, it's not just, it's never just one person or one group. It's the scouts, it's player development. But then the final thing is actually the players. Like, you can do all you want with the players, but like guys like Savali and Plezak, when they get to the major leagues and they get thrust into a situation probably a little before they're supposed to be there, and they don't blink, that's that's on them. You can't teach that part. So the pitching looks good, and then, boy, you look around that infield, not only do you have prime players, but some of your leaders are there too, it seems. Four switch hitters. I don't think I've ever seen that. Um, and they're all four guys that like to play every day. That's one of the things in our one-on-one -on -one meetings that each guy mentioned as a point of pride. And, and I, I mean, I love that. Um, they're, they're, all, they're all good guys to be around. I mean, we haven't been around Cesar a lot yet, but I've heard enough and seen enough that he's going to fit right in and, and, and do well. The outfield situation, um, a lot of candidates and some in, intriguing candidates to be sure. How do you play it now this spring? Oh, Rosie, that's the, you don't have enough time in this segment you know, we have a lot of moving parts. And to be totally honest, one part might affect another part. I mean, is, is Ray is able to handle playing the outfield? 
Um, if that happens, it opens up maybe a spot at the DH for somebody else. Um, who complements who? It can't, and we try to explain this to the players, it can't just be the best six guys that had the best spring batting average wise. And I, and I understand, they're trying to compete. And they're, sometimes they're like, hey, what do I have to do? Sometimes it's just not a fit or we don't want a young kid sitting in April and not playing like Mercado last year. I mean, and so what our promise to them is, hey, look, we know it's crowded. We'll be conscientious, we'll be honest, and we'll communicate with you. Along those lines, I, I think every year we talk about this in spring training, it's a big deal to be on that opening day roster. But by the All-Star break, you're looking at a different club last year. Oh, my goodness, what an example of that. Um, how tough is that, though, to, to tell your players sometimes that that's going to be the case? Well, you're right, because you know down deep you're not going to go 25 the whole way through the year. But you hate to stand there and be doom and gloom. But I, so you think you try to be honest. And, you know, every year, I think last year it was 45 guys out of, guys in that room got to Cleveland. That's, that's a pretty big number. Um, we also know that guys shoot for opening day. It's a big deal. We respect that. That's why we try to handle it the way we do. We try to be upfront. We try to be honest. And we try to communicate because this is the way they make their living. And it's extreme, our decisions are extremely impactful in their lives, and we know that. Terry Francona joining us. Uh, shifting gears a bit, spring training. Uh, you talk to so many people, and it's their favorite time of year for, for great reasons. Uh, how about you? Where does it rank? Yeah, other than the playoffs, it's really, it, it's, you know, one, you're reacquainting yourself with the guys you haven't seen for a while. And that's fun, especially when you've been together now for some time. And, and that's that's a good time. Uh, like I was mentioning earlier, everybody's glass is kind of half full, which as it should be. Um, you know, everybody's record's O and O. You know, you, you don't know what the journey's going to be, but it's you're getting ready for it. It's fun to do that, and it's just you know you go to the game, and if you if you play a bad game, you can hang your hat on. Well, maybe this this young Double A kid he threw a good inning or. You know, you, you don't go home and lose sleep over the fact it's spring training. And, and, and you try to take advantage of that because I'm telling you when the season starts, I haven't figured out a way to kind of not do that. And I know we've talked about this before, but it always leads to something funny. Um, you're, you're in this beautiful facility now. When you first came in as a player, uh, what was spring training like and how different is it oh. now? <laughs> I mean, you got, I was the number one pick by the Expos. So I got an invitation to camp. Uh, Dick Williams gave me one at-bat. I struck out, and he sent me down to the dugout. He goes, kid, you can go to Daytona. And I was like, now or after the game? And he, he's like, I don't know, go wherever you want. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a different game. But it's a better game. I mean, the, the you know, I used to worry about kids coming out of high school signing, because I knew myself, I, I might have been one of those guys that fell through the cracks. Now, with the way the kids get treated, you know, they get educated. They have, there's classrooms, I mean, you've seen the building across the, the, it's not the minor leagues of old, it's not the play game and whatever pizza and hot dogs are left over, you get on the bus, you know, now we feed them and we, we teach them about nutrition and they have a chance to, to grow and mature the right way. And in closing, uh, 
White Sox, a lot of moves in the offseason. Twins, a lot of moves. They've gained a lot of national notoriety. Indians, not many people talking about them. Um, but what do, you okay. like, what do you like about That's this okay. club? Um, you know, we knew when Derek Falvey left and went to Minnesota, things good things would happen. We didn't hope they happened that fast. Saw Rick Hahn yesterday at the media day, and I kind of cursed him out a little bit for everything he did. In a, you know, I, I respect a lot Rick. Um, we we are going to pay attention to, to us, and what we and, and what we talked about in our first meeting was expectations, our expectations, not what the expectations are from outside. That that if that enters into this equation, shame on us. What we expect of us is to go out every day and get ready to to kick somebody's ass. That's our job, and that's what we're going to prepare for. Do you still break out in the nervous sweat before you address the team for the first time? I was drenched when when I was done. Um, it's unbelievable. I mean, I'd like to think I know something about the game. I mean, I ought to, but it's all I've ever done. But I stress over it because I care about the players. And I want it to be meaningful. I don't want to just check a box. Everybody has to have a meeting. No, I want it to be something that that we build off of because I think it sets the tone for how we want to attack our challenges and things during the year. That's Tribe Manager Terry Francona talking about the season ahead, what he likes about spring training, and a variety of other subjects as well. And if things continue, look for some winning baseball here in Cleveland this season as uh, since Tito arrived with the Indians back in 2013, the Indians have posted the American League's best record and the second-best winning percentage in all of baseball behind only the Los Angeles Dodgers. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll talk pitching with Adam Pletko and Mike Clevenger. That's next as Tribe Talk continues on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Time to hop back on the bandwagon, folks. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from the Cleveland Indian Spring Training Complex in Goodyear, Arizona. Don't forget a lot of different ways to pick up our show each week. You can do so at uh, Indians.com in the uh, audio version there on the website. And the archived editions are right there, too. You can pick it up as a podcast on Apple iTunes or the iHeartMedia app or traditionally over the radio as uh, we air each week on the Indians radio network, usually late afternoon on Saturdays. But now that we're into uh, the spring training schedule, uh, most likely just prior to the spring training games, which start either at at 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock later on in the spring. So a lot of different ways to listen to Tribe Talk each week, and we hope that uh, you're able to carve out some time to do just that. Well, starting rotation figures to be a big key for the Indians once again. It's been a strength of this ball club for a while now. And uh, it's been a challenging week along those lines. We'll hear from Mike Clevenger in just a little bit. But first, uh, a pitcher who's trying to make a solid case to be in that rotation from the get-go this year is Adam Pletko, who last year made 20 starts for the Indians, finished with a record of 7-5, and five, an earned run average of 4.86, and, and really had some great stretches after beginning the season on the disabled list and then some time at AAA Columbus 
But with the injury issues a year ago for the Indians, Pletko was called upon and uh, really filled a gap in that rotation, and he's hoping to be much more than that this season. When he looks back at last year, he was pleased with, with how things went and the progress that he made at the major league level. Yeah, I thought there was a real growth there. Um, even going back to 18, uh, the end of the year, um, we had some conversations, and I was just like, look, every, every single starter that's ever been in the system, their first-year numbers were about what mine was. Their second-year numbers were about what mine was last year. So hopefully the growth continues into, into this year and continues to get better. What is it that allows you to, to have better success as you get deeper into this game? They talk about experience. What does that experience do for you that allows you to get hitters out more regularly? Uh, it creates comfortability, I feel like. Uh, not in a passive way, but you're actively comfortable in the sense that you're not fretting, uh, when's my last day up here? Or, you know, that's Miguel Cabrera, I gotta get Miguel Cabrera out. Now you faced him 10, 11, 12 times, and now he's just another hitter. Um, so I think for me, I just, I got comfortable in a good way and, um, and then just decided I'm going to let what I do show. A lot of pitchers get to the end of the season and they are mentally and physically fried and, and they're just trying to get through. It didn't seem that way for you. Um, it, was that the case? And, and how did you feel at, at the end of the year and, and getting into your off-season program? Yeah, I think the last start, I, was, I had a really great stretch. The last start was pretty poor in, in Washington. And uh, we had just been eliminated, I think, officially. Um, and that was, I felt like that was the first time I could breathe. And I guess I shouldn't breathe because the last start was pretty poor. Um, but yeah, just that stretch run, I think all of us, um, all of our last starts, we were just pedaled to the metal. And finally, um, the last start for all of us, except for maybe Plesak, I feel like we all showed, man, we've been really trying to hold it together. and. And we were kind of out of it at that point. And I was just like, all right, well, it's been a pretty darn good year for, for a lot of what, what happened to the team. Did you work on anything in the offseason specifically, to, maybe a new wrinkle, something that, that you think might even allow you to have more success? Yeah, always working on stuff. Uh, you know, as a whole, I was pretty league average, which is it's tough to be major league average. So um, I don't mean that in a, in a bad way. Um, but I'm looking at what I do well, and let's continue to be above league average in that point. And what do I do below league average, right? Let's try and bring that up to league average or be above it. So um, curveball was something that was league average to slightly below. And it was like, okay, maybe we can focus a little bit of uh, time and effort there and create some sharper break. And um, who knows, it might be a swing and miss pitch for me and add in strikeouts, add in more innings, add in less base runners, all those things are obviously super positive and just from a delivery focus always just trying to move better. So you come to camp and the Indians have developed this reputation as a, a real good pitching machine mm -hmm. and you're part of that. Mm -hmm. uh, what's it like? It, I'm sure you read about it and, and hear some of the nice accolades that, that others give to the Indians organization in terms of developing pitching. What's it like to be a part of, of that group that, that has really steadied this team the last couple of years? I think more than anything it's um, it's continued work. You know, you you don't get to the top and, and just say, okay, I'm good. You want to get to the top and stay at the top if you're a competitor like I am. So uh, being named in that sentence and being a part of this organization of the best uh, developed pitchers in all of baseball, I don't want to stop there. I want to be one of, you know, the best staffs in baseball. I want to have the lowest ERA as a starting group or as a relieving group or as a team. 
you know, um, I, I don't want us just to be developed. I want us to, to lead the league in pitching. So along those lines, that means there's a, a lot of good arms, and, and you're part of that, but that also means competition, and, and there's a chance some really good pitchers are, are going to be in a battle here this spring. How do you approach that this spring, uh, being, trying to be one of those five? Absolutely. I think competition uh, breeds success. I think uh, good teams don't shy away from competition. I think good pitching staffs don't shy away from competition. Uh, if you feel like you have three closers, that's great because one closer is going to emerge or one closer will mostly emerge for sometimes when he needs days off or whatever like that. But if you feel comfortable in two other guys, that's fantastic. Maybe the other two other guys want to be the closer, but that's going to continue to drive them to want to be that guy. Uh, same thing with the starting staff. I don't think anybody's comfortable um, being one, two, three, four, or five in the sense that we all want to be one. And whoever is one, um, they want to be the best pitcher in baseball. So. I think as a whole, as a staff, we support each other wholly. We all want us to be the best pitcher we possibly can. And within that, we all want to be the best pitcher on the staff as well. Adam Pletko joining us. Uh, switching gears a little bit. Uh, you're going on a, about a year, I think, first time dad. Mm -hmm. um, how's that work-life balance in, in the off season when, when you're trying to prepare for the year? And then what has that done to you being a father now for the first time around? I'm running around a lot more, I'll tell you that. He's got me running all over the place, but it was, uh, it was a really fun off season. Uh, he turned one, like basically right when we got home from season and uh, became a toddler instantly and decided to throw fits until he got his way and, and different you know, fun things we've all experienced. Um, but he's also been so much fun to watch grow and, and mentally develop and learn where his head, his nose, his ears are, you know, little things like that. And um, it, was a, it was a fun off season for sure. And there, there's no real manual that they give you when you leave the hospital. There's no manual. <laughs> I wish there was, but they, they, it does not exist. Um, looking back, you, you had a great college career at UCLA. Um, does that still come into play as, as you get deeper and deeper into pro ball and, and now at the major league level in was, terms of, of being a helpful experience for you to, to draw from? Absolutely. I think, um, just like we talked about, we had a lot of competition of really good pitching pitchers on a pitching staff at UCLA. And I think that's where um, that got ingrained in me. I was with Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer. Garrett Cole is the wealthiest pitcher to ever play the game of baseball. Um, I still talk to Garrett regularly. Uh, I still talk to Trevor regularly. And, you know, I was the third pitcher on that staff. So I was swinging up at those guys like, hey, I'm, I'm pretty darn good too. Um, and then that continued after they left. We had some pitchers behind me. and. Um, there was friendly competition there to the point where they wanted to be me and I didn't I wanted to be the best pitcher in the country I didn't want to give up that spot so um, I like like I spoke of our staff that's I guess where I originally got that competition from spring training I think it means different things to different people um, you have a great outlook on baseball history and things like that where does spring training fit in for you in terms of, of uh, either highlights or, or necessary evil throughout the course of the year? Well, I mean, most people will tell you spring training's for the starting pitchers, so I'd call it a pretty necessary uh, uh, event for me. Uh, I always think it's fun. Uh, for me, it's the best time of year to interact with fans. Uh, for me, it's the best time of year to see family that uh, may not travel all the way to Cleveland because it's pretty far from Southern California or wherever they might be. Um, so being pretty centrally located uh, for me on the West Coast, 
it's always a great time of year to go to dinner with family. Um, there's 14 other ball clubs, 15 including us, and I have friends all over the place out here, so grabbing dinner with them, playing golf with them. Uh, I think it's the perfect mix of get your work in and, and some fun. There's, there haven't been as many changes team-wise this year as there were coming into camp last year, and it's only been a couple of days, but um, your thoughts on, on this team heading into the season, a team that I think a, a lot of folks, um, maybe they look at the division and the things the White Sox have done, the things the Twins have done, and maybe don't look at the Indians in the same light. What, what about you and, and what you see in that clubhouse? I mean, it's personally, I think it's been the same dialogue two years running. We got rid of Michael Brantley, we got rid of Jan Gomes, we got rid of these guys, and it was like, you didn't sign anybody back, what happened? We won 93 games with everybody getting hurt, with missing Jason Kipnis for the stretch run, missing Jose Ramirez for the stretch run. We still won 93 games, and people are going to blame the division, blame this or blame that. It doesn't matter. We won 93 games. It's not that easy to do in Major League Baseball. Having uh, said that, the other teams did um, add some pretty talented players. Um, but I think they added pretty talented offensive players, and we're a pretty good pitching staff, so I'm excited about that. That's Adam Pletko, and, and with the injuries this week to Mike Clevenger and Carlos Carrasco and some uncertainty as to whether they would be ready uh, certainly by opening day, but uh, how far into the season they would be ready, Pletko becomes that much more important for the Tribe. Well, stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from Mike Clevenger, get an update on his injury and how he's doing so far and about his offseason, too. That's coming up as Tribe Talk continues on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk continues from Indian Spring Training here in Goodyear, Arizona. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend. Great to have you with us talking baseball on the radio and, and concrete baseball. The hot stove shows are behind us, and uh, spring training has begun in earnest. Some good stuff coming out of here as uh, we continue on on this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Now some challenges this week for the Indians with injury issues cropping up in the starting rotation. Carlos Carrasco and Mike Clevenger both experiencing injuries. And for Clevenger, it's a knee issue that required surgery. And we had a chance to visit with Clev earlier this week. And despite the injury, he remains optimistic on a quick recovery. I, mean, I'm, I can walk on it now. I mean, we're only four days out, so uh, it's looking promising. I mean, it's a pretty short recovery, so it's not too detrimental, nothing to really hang your hat on. You hate to have experience in, in coming back from an injury, but you did a great job last year with something completely different. Um, does it give you some peace of mind knowing that, that you've been through something like that before and, and can get through that rehab process? Yeah, and I, th I just think with it not being an ACL or MCL, it kind of was the light, and then the, I mean, it was the bright spot that it could have been. So I think that kind of lifted my spirits enough to know that you know, the maximum it could be would be eight weeks, which usually I'm a quick healer, so it should be faster. With all that said, um, it seemed like you came into camp in great shape. And, and tell us about your offseason. What are you trying to accomplish this offseason that's either similar or different from past? Just trying to be just more aware of my body. Same thing we do every offseason, just uh, so gradual building steps, just getting more mobile, more aware of your body, and then, uh, you know, just stronger. And it's, uh, you know, stronger in the right way, right way uh, is how I'd put it. And, uh, and we really did that this offseason. That's why it was kind of hard to swallow this happening the way it did. It's always good to have a workout partner and mm -hmm. uh, I know Zach Plezak was highly complimentary of what he did this winter with you and he gave you a lot of credit for that. What was it like from your perspective to ask someone that, that you enjoy being around go through some of the things that you do in the winter time? 
It was fun. It was fun. I mean, I knew that uh, he had a lot more in the tank after watching him throw. He just didn't know how to do it. It was reminding me a lot of myself. Like, there's a lot of athleticism and uh, explosion just wasn't putting up the same numbers that, you know, it should have been on, like, whether it's velocity or even spin or how he felt going start to start. And, uh, I mean, it kind of just helped me just even hold myself more accountable because I couldn't really hold him super accountable if I wasn't going to do the same thing. So uh, it was good to have each other to push back and forth on. And you look at that, and it doesn't seem that long ago that, that you were the young guy and, and maybe looking at some of the, the veteran pitchers on the staff and um, picking up bits and pieces from them. Uh, do you think about it? That now there's, there's young guys looking up to you and, and saying, hey, what do I do to get where you are? Yeah, I mean, I, I never really looked at it that way just because we've always kind of spitballed ideas back and forth or kind of like helped each other. So, I mean, even when uh, Deeds was a rookie, I'd tell him things to watch out for with me or if he saw anything indifferent or whatever. So, I mean, it's always been a pretty open line of communication with the guys we have here now. And then not knowing what, what other teams do, it seems like it's, it's unique, though, for the Indians, that dynamic among pitchers and um, would you have it any other way? Is it really beneficial for not only you but the rest of the staff? No, I think I think it is really beneficial. I think this is a uh, kind of shift of the culture where you know, kid like the younger guys coming up aren't as afraid to to ask someone like me or ask someone like Frankie a question. And I think that's a that's a good change in culture. When uh, you look back at last season, obviously the the break at the beginning, but. Uh, do you feel like you were throwing the ball as, as well as you ever have when when you got rolling and, and put the injury behind you? Yeah, I mean, I mean, before before the injury, I think the last rolling out of spring training and the first two starts, everything was kind of like going what I how kind of wanted it to. But uh, no, that that is it, and it's just kind of like the building blocks of like now we know that the process that we started, you know, was right because I mean we saw the results, and now it's just building off that same process. So what do you work on now? Is it pitch selection, the, the pitch quality, things like that? No, or is it's, it more it's, I mean, it's the same thing. Now we know what direction you need to go in, and it's obviously showing the results. We just kind of strengthen those attributes and then refine the other stuff. Like i got to refine my curveball. Definitely now that I learned to throw harder, my changeup, that used to be one of my best secondary pitches was my worst last year. And it's just because my arm, I mean, I'm throwing the ball better. I'm on more on top, more behind the ball. So now i got to figure out how to get my changeup more refined. And those are things that I did this offseason. Is that part of the, would it be the, the fun part of pitching, is trying to figure that stuff out as you change over the years? Yeah, I mean, there's days in the weight room that are fun. But there's not every day you go to the gym that's always like you're excited for this uh, circuit you're about to go through. So, yeah, that's the, that's the fun part of the offseason, trying to figure those things out. Mike Clevenger joining us uh, team-wise. Uh, Obviously a disappointment a year ago, but a great run to the last week of the season. Mm. Uh, what do you like when, when you show up to camp this year and, and you see what's in there? I'm excited. I mean, there's some kids that were uh, rookies that, you know, still came in wide-eyed and that are going to have a little more comfortability when they step in the box. I'm excited to see that. And uh, we got some new faces in there. I just think uh, we're back to that, you know, underdog mentality and everyone's kind of already counting us out before the season <laughs> starts to be a second place team and uh, I think I'm just excited to go back with that personality and that you know young clubhouse in there. Hey, you mentioned that how, how closely do you follow everything that's going on in the game in, in the winter time to to hear some of that stuff because obviously we do it as fans mm -hmm. and, and people who work in the game. No I, mean, I definitely follow it because I mean I'm, when you see what the other teams around the AL Central are doing I think this is going to be probably the most competitive AL Central that I mean I can remember since I've been in the big leagues. Uh, this probably be this year. It's going to be fun to watch.
That's Indian starting pitcher Mike Clevenger. Still a lot of confidence, even though his spring will not be a normal one as he recovers from the knee surgery that took place a little bit more than a week ago. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Thanks so much for tuning in. And, again, we were hoping to be leading into baseball today, the spring training opener. But uh, because of the rain here in Arizona on this Saturday, no baseball between the Indians and the Reds. The Tribe will get it going tomorrow up in surprise against the Kansas City Royals with a 3.05 first pitch. And you can hear that game right here on the Indians radio network. Thanks, as always, to Brian Motze for helping to put our show together back at our network studios. Also, thanks to Mike Rink for uh, helping us here in Goodyear with our interviews. Uh, A lot of that is uh, video supported along with the audio. So uh, Mike's getting that out to various outlets, too. And uh, he was a big help in tracking down players and coaches. And we had a good time uh, talking to many of the key Cleveland Indians coming up this season, and you'll hear those interviews in the weeks to come. So until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.